You're listening to an American Theatre podcast. American Theatre is a publication of Theatre Communications Group. www.americantheatre.org Welcome back to Off Script, American Theatre's podcast on all things theatrical, which has been on a kind of hiatus for a while. While our other uh, tremendous podcasts have taken off, Token Theater Friends, Three on the Isle, and the Subtext, Offscript appears occasionally, as you might know, as a sort of special event podcast. And the special event today is to gather the four editors of American Theater together to look back on 2018, a very eventful and uh, even tumultuous year uh, for us. Um, we are proud of our work and also happy that the uh, year is, is coming to an end. It's been a it's been a lot of work. Uh, I have with me I'm Rob Weiner Kent, the editor in chief of American Theater. I have with me going on the table Allison Considine, the associate editor. Uh, Deep Trans, senior editor. Though you may recognize my voice from Token Theater Friends. Yes. If you don't subscribe, go subscribe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely. And Russ Demben, managing editor. Uh, looking back over the year, uh, there's a diff- couple different ways we could do it. Um, we uh, we had ten issues. We had five plays. We had uh, coverage of the theater around around the country. We we covered some controversies. I think one of the big meta stories of the year. Not to start on a intense note, but it was definitely the story of the year, and it predated this year a little bit. A little bit was the Me Too coverage that we eventually found our way to do, in large part thanks to Deep and other a- a- advocates and activists. Uh, our board, our leadership, uh, letting us uh, report on difficult things in the industry. We've, we've have a, we have a history and a practice of, of reporting on controversies as they emerge. So this year we also covered um, a casting controversy at American Players Theatre around the, the uh, Blood Knot play. We uh, covered um, the Muni Yellowface when it occurred at our, at our conference. Uh, there was a mini controversy about designers' credits, but the Me Too stuff, I, I, uh, I felt was not just a controversy. Like, there's interesting perspectives on all sides. It was something that was really a crime and injustice in our field that we needed to address. So, uh, yeah. sorry to interrupt, Rob, yeah. but I feel like we should be giving some context over what this controversy was because it wasn't just the fact that Me Too is an issue in the theater. It was a fact that we, as American Theater Magazine, didn't know how to cover it, right. and we were not equipped to cover it. Right. And and because we were in conversations for a very long time on how to cover it, our inaction seemed. Uh, purposeful? Yes, exactly. Well, in action, it wasn't purposeful. I, w- I was going to get to, we were part of the story of this year. It's yeah. part of the reason why. So it's not like, yes, you just read about American theater. You read about American theater in American theater and about our lack of coverage on social media. Uh, so yes, we became part of the story in a way that we didn't intend to, and we don't like to make ourselves the story. Uh, the way we did not cover it and the way that we, we gathered information before we were able to report it, yeah, was, was a big, was a problem. Um, I don't think we should cut that. I think that that's the conversation that, in microcosm that we had all year. So the year started off in January with two big departures, Gordon Edelstein at Long Wharf and Greg Boyd at the Alley. Um, we were aware of reports of, of, of abuse and in, uh, harassment at those theaters. Um, 
and so we were we were in a position where we once they were once the reports came out what would we write about the the field so we've written some things about it anyway we don't need to relitigate the whole thing we eventually committed to doing a whole issue which was our September issue on theater theater 2 was their our title and um i think you know, it's not, again, it's not the last word or the last thing we'll write about it. In fact, it, I think, opened up the possibility for more coverage of problematic things in our industry. Um, but that was, you know, when people ask me, how was your year or how you're doing, that was that was a big part of the year, was uh, was negotiating how to to cover that and, and what our role would be. Right, and I would be remiss if I didn't give a shout out to... You did this thing that was wrong that people have an idea of what American theater should be and should do is a real tribute. It's not easy to live up to those expectations all the time, but I feel like the fact that people have expectations of what we should be about is uh, something we, we try to take on board and take, not, we don't take for granted. So that was our September issue, and that was a lot of coverage we did throughout the year, and uh, you can look for more coverage in that vein in the coming year. Uh, so we have theme issues throughout the year. Our, we started off the year with one on directors, uh, the director's path. Allison, you were kind of the editor or shaper of a lot of that coverage. And then we did uh, a live event around that. I thought that went very well. Um, I thought so too. That was exciting. That kind of kicked off our, uh, we've done a few of them this year of live events where we record a podcast and have a panel. And that first one in January was very exciting because we did uh, a panel all about the pathway to directing and Ann Bogart, Rachel Chavkin, Liesl Tommy, and Ann Kaufman were all there, which was pretty exciting. We had a packed house. It was, it was. And I, our other events that we did uh, this year included one on our immigrants issue, which was our uh, May, June international issue that deposted an event at the Rattlestick. In the fall, we had our exciting top 10 plays and top 20 playwrights events at the Lark with Lucas Nath and his play, Doll's House Part Two, and Karen Zacharias with her play, Native Gardens, which was also on the list. And then in February, we had one on fundraising, which was not a topic that I thought would be exciting, but the stories were really rich and interesting, I have to say. I'm not just, it's definitely worth looking uh, back on. In March, one of our most beautiful covers ever, among a lot of good competition, uh, was our Angels in America. We don't do anniversaries, as you might know. We don't, we're not supposed to do anniversaries, but there was, it was a convergence of events where there was a new revival coming to Broadway. There was a wonderful book by Isaac Butler and Dan Coy's The World Only Spins Forward. It seemed like a great, which we did a, printed an excerpt from, a great time to revisit that American classic. And there was another production at Berkeley Rep as well. So it was, it was an exciting time to do that. And we had a beautiful coverage, look back on it. And Annie Leibowitz's outtake, it was like a Polaroid, that uh, a very, very little scene photograph. So that she had thrown away, right? That she threw away. They were doing an official shoot. I, I, I tried to find the original, like the actual photo that she took. She took right. a photo of the angel and Tony, Ella McLaughlin. And this was just a photo of them like hanging out at the theater, him hugging her. And yeah. yeah, it was, anyway, beautiful cover. In April, another like sort of harmonic convergence. These, these theme issues, sometimes we really just sit down and go, we're gonna do this theme. Other times, just the, the stars seem to align. This one, we had decided to do on a Native American theater. I decided to do that just based on one play, Larissa Fast Horses, I believe was a Thanksgiving play playing in Portland, if I recall correctly. And then we discovered Oregon Shakes was doing one and Portland Center Stage was doing one. So there were three 
plays by Native American women all in the month of give or take April. And of course there was a, there's been a, that they didn't just prop up overnight, so there was a huge scene to cover, partly Native voices at the Autry and others. Uh, so that was a really uh, a lovely issue as well. Um, May, June, as we said, was immigrants. Our global issue often focuses on far-flung places. This was a little closer to home because uh, we're a country, nation of immigrants and uh, there were wonderful stories in that one. Um, July, August was lighting design. I'm just gonna take you through the year, folks. Uh, mm -hmm. Lighting design, which uh, coincided oddly enough with the, uh, with the petition for us to credit designers more. It was not related, but just at the time we were putting out this beautiful issue about lighting design with, with designers on the cover, Jules Fisher and Peggy Eisenhower, designers were saying, why don't you give us more credit for the beautiful art you use? So we've, we've made a commitment to do a version of, their, of what they've asked us to do. Uh, pissing all kinds of people off this Yeah, year. well, you know, we're not doing our jobs unless we're pissing off somebody. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I just, I just, said, it. I just <laughs> said that. September, as we said, it was our theater two issue. Uh, October was a wonderful issue about engagement and education. Allison had a big part in that, including doing a podcast series you should go back and check out. Uh, conversations about it, but also tell us about the other one the podcast you did. A first the, of its kind. The Spectrum Theater Ensemble. Um, so this past spring, I went to Rhode Island and I visited Trinity Rep, and um, they've got this really special theater ensemble that was uh, headed up by some of the students at uh, the Trinity Brown MFA program or part of it. Um, and it's called the Spectrum Theater Ensemble. It's made up of neurodiverse students and um, neurotypical students and young performers. And together the company commissions new work that has to do with people of different abilities. And they also um, serve as Trinity Rep's ushers and kind of lead their sensory friendly programming. So what's really cool is Trinity Rep does sensory friendly programming for all of its main stage programming. Um, so I went up for a day and I kind of got a glimpse of what was happening there and sat in on one of the sensory friendly performances of Ragtime and uh, which was a first for us. We did a narrative podcast yeah, that that's kind of took, you, our, took our listeners first, through my day. With, with help from Kirby Pate, the wonderful <laughs> producer of Three on the Isle, uh, it was a narrative podcast in this serial vein where we, you know, you reported it and, I, and had, had actual, you know, performance in there. That was... Don't expect us to do a lot of those because they're a lot of work, but I think that was a wonderful uh, wonderful series to augment our season preview uh, issue about education and engagement. Again, like fundraising, an area of the theater where we have to sort of will ourselves to go, this is an interesting thing to cover, and then we discover, of course, there's always great stories wherever you look. Um, then we did a, a couple special issues where we had Kitty Sue and our art director tear up the front of the book. Have to give her credit for going along with that. Best practices? which if you put a gun to my head and ask me what was your favorite issue of the year, I would say that was probably one of my favorites, uh, where we just took, was it 20? No, that was 14. 14 different practices, areas of the theater. We could have done 14 more, but we chose them with, it, with help from our TCG staff and lots of people in the field that we asked, what, what would you like to see us do? So there was, from all aspects of, of, of the art, from the art to the, to the business, to the craft, to the uh, and to the training, so that that was a big lift. I think I think as I said in my note about it, putting the word best in front of anything that we do, we don't we don't take that lightly. So, and the good thing was I feel like the reception was good. We got a few. I think the the most popular story was the 
one about quote Hell Week. Uh, people objected to the objected to the name Hell Week, which I think is a sort of high school thing to call Tech Week. Uh, but they love they love the story. So we discovered that the rule of the internet is a story with a, a, a headline people hate, but a story they love is like is like kind of the sweet spot. So. <laughs> People will click on it because, like, what? Oh, yeah, it's a good story. Yeah. Yeah, we're going clickbait on you folks. Exactly, it's clickbait. <laughs> it wasn't wasn't the intention. I I didn't realize Hell Week was such a, a third rail. Uh, then December, closing out the year, the issue that should be in your mailboxes or you're looking online, uh, roll call, which is a feature we've been doing for about three years now, uh, where we look at six different people around the around the field. We decided to blow it out and do twenty. And we could do every kind of role from front of house manager to playwright to production photographer. That's another one that I, I, I think is a special one. But of course, it was, it was a lot of work for the art department to, to tear it up and do that. Um, along the way, do you have something to say? I yeah. do. I'm going to add on to your shout out to the art department. Yes. This year, we had two really exceptional illustrations on our covers for September and for November. So check them out. There. The theater two cover, I think was, I think was great. Yeah, we got some pushback about it, but I think it was. If Speaking it had, of pe- pissing people <laughs> off, if it, had, as I said to some people who objected, <coughs> if it had been the only thing we said about it, that would have been a problem, like an editorial yeah. cartoon, as a sort of poster and a, a cover to get you to read the whole thing, and 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 prov- it was provocative. <coughs> um, and then uh, I forget who did the art. Osasan Shalabi did that one. I forget who yes. did the art for the. The best practices also that's a good example of I had an idea for a Swiss army knife that would have all different and uh, this is where it helps to work at an organization where people actually know the theater we were told no the Leatherman uh, the Leatherman uh, pliers or what was that thing like the, 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 it's a tool. the actual knife. tool knife that they use is not a Swiss army knife so we used we tried to use one of uh, image of a f- tool that people actually use in the actual theater as opposed to my half-cocked idea of that. Um, throughout the year, we published five plays. Just l- looking at the list of them is really exciting to read. Ghosts of Lote Bravo by Hilary Bettis, beautiful, harrowing play. Uh, the Treasure by Max Posner, also a beautiful play. Passover, a stunning play. Cambodian Rock Band and Cry It Out. These are just five plays. If you haven't seen them, if they come to your area, see them. You can also read them. They're really wonderful. Uh, that is something you can only get in the magazine. So subscribe uh, and read them. Is subscribe and read them now. Uh, a couple, an, another area of coverage, re- re- reports from the regions uh, that I wanted to highlight. One of my favorite ones of the year was the one about Boulder that Lisa Kennedy wrote. There's just a wonderful piece about a, a scene that sort of keeps Denver on its toes. It's a little, way, a little ways from Denver and is a little more alternative in its aesthetic than Denver. And it's kind of like a little sort of Brooklyn, New York kind of... Uh, uh, not rivalry they had there, but that was a wonderful piece. Um, an overview of St. Louis by Rosalind Early, a writer there, in anticipation of our uh, conference. Uh, probably one of the most epic pieces of the year. Uh, it might not have appeared that way if you read it. It would just look like a normal piece, but it was reported through a whole year. It was Calendra Smith's report on uh, the Alliance Theater taking a season entirely on the road. They were they're renovating their theater, so they did their entire season at different theaters all around the, all around the city. I mean, the Alliance is like the, I don't know, the Manhattan Theater Club of, of Atlanta. It's, it'd be a huge thing if they just, suddenly the Manhattan Theater Club was everywhere, but where it's McQueen's, Cornerstone, and did a play with Queens College students and uh, 
residents of a housing housing uh, elderly housing facility there, and it was took me back to my days seeing community-made plays there. Uh, it was great uh, to see that. Um, let's see what else. Uh, anybody have thoughts about regional coverage? Anybody any other regional coverage you remember that was especially exciting? No. Uh, yeah. Oh, we can Shift go in. around the table and say the best, our favorite thing. Yeah. Why don't you do that? Yeah. Go for it. From the year. Yeah. Uh, well, I have a comment on my favorite assignment of the year. Go for it. Um, which is a, which was regional coverage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was very grateful to have the opportunity to catch people's lights, uh, multi-ethnic version of the Diary of Anne Frank, right. which had its own controversy around it, and it was a really challenging piece for me to write, and right. um, I, I was grateful to the people who spoke to me for that piece, mm -hmm. and I'm grateful that I got to do it. Um, and so, uh, can, you, I, can you explain a little bit of the controversy? Absolutely. About, uh, so the controversy that around that production was uh, that. The theater went into the production, framing it as a multi-ethnic staging of the show. Right. And of course, this is the story of, of white Jewish people during the Holocaust. And so there was some back and forth about representation. Right. Because as we know that the field is moving more and more toward being uh, Respectful in its representation of people from various historically marginalized groups. And so the claim among some was that it was disrespectful to the history of Jewish people right. that there would be this framing device of some people of color, some white people, right. all representing a white family mm -hmm. persecuted during the Holocaust. Right. And... For me, as you can read in the piece, um, I, I recognize that the questions around that production are complicated. Right. But for me personally, I found the staging really moving and some really thoughtful and insightful comments from the people who weighed in on, right. that, on that topic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because along with that trend toward representing things authentic, uh, cultures authentically is yes. the trend of multiracial casting which you know doesn't ignore that, but was which is right. can be counter to that, I suppose. Right. In that case, yeah. No, that was a good a good one. Another one that would go in our controversy file. Uh, we love a good controversy, and that was a that was some great. It was coverage an interesting and juicy one. I will say, yeah. Go, go on, deep. Did you have a huh? a favorite piece that you from yeah, the year? Yeah, I, I I mean, and I guess in, it would be obvious. It, it, it would be the Me Too coverage mm -hmm. because. Yes. I felt, for me personally, I, after hearing so many people tell their stories about their own Me Too stories as a reporter, like being able to report on some of them felt, you know, you you, you want to say cathartic, but it, but it felt like we were doing something that mattered. Yeah. And that, and that it it could be used by other people who are wondering what to do in these situations, and use and used as an educational resource. And so, and and the one that I found 
the most moving were, um, it's a story in the September issue. It was called The Silence Breakers, where we yeah. did many profiles of six people who who publicly named uh, their, their perpetrators, and in so doing, like, you know, either got that person fired or just opened up a conversation in their community about workplace culture. Mm-hmm. And so I, I hope, hopefully, pe- there are other people who read it will feel like they're not alone. And I felt like we did something good there. And I'm proud of us for having done it, even though it was difficult. The difficult things that we're doing. That was a beautiful, a beautiful collection of pieces there. Uh, Allison, you've got a favorite over the year. I do. Um, in May, I went to Florida. To I was on vacation, but then I took a little little <laughs> oh, road yeah, trip, yeah. and I went to Boca Raton, and I uh, I went to a production of Spring Awakening at Barclay Productions, which is a community theater there. But the cast had uh, four or five students from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas Douglas High School. Um, so just seeing them perform this show, it was opening night of Spring Awakening and uh, just being there, part of the community coming together and just listening to the students talk about um, their process of preparing for this show in the wake of the the school shooting was just kind of incredible to hear them talk about how the show and its kind of spooky, eerie themes and how it kind of mirrors what they had gone through helped them grieve and process. Um, So that was a, a really kind of cool experience to get to see that firsthand that was a, a, a story i highlighted as well as when i would, would talk mm-hmm. about um i don't I, need more traffic i feel like more that's one that could get more one. love yes indeed yeah. uh you did such a good work on that one because we did publish i think th- this year also a piece by uh stephen Sachs from lost from the fountain theater about the marjorie stone Douglas, the, it those, those kids website. yeah it broke our website because <laughs> it, it was so popular about how they are theater kids um there were a couple. One of our other most popular ones, I will say, was Kara Huda's uh, speech for at at what was it? At Atha. Atha is how you pronounce it. American uh, Association for Theater, Theater and Higher Education. Education. Uh, she gave a wonderful speech about why she's quitting playwriting for at least for a while, and about how much she loves theater, but how much has broken her heart in part because she doesn't feel. I don't know. It's 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 worth reading. I don't want to I don't want to boil it down. But part of it has to do with with feeling that audiences and theaters are not where they could be and should be for well, work, for work of underrepresented people. Well, and and it's basically the stress and heartbreak of writing stories about marginalized groups of people, but not being able to perform it for those groups of people, and always feeling like you're always having to ex- explain and and. Um, validate yeah. your own existence in order to even be given a seat at the table to yes. tell your stories. So, yeah, it didn't break our website, but it no, it's did a very, yeah, it's, it's a, great a lot sp- of great conversations. It, on the yeah, we got some great letters about it. Um, mm. People were heartbroken that she wanted to leave, but moved by it, yes. And if we hadn't uh, changed some technology in the back end, who knows? Uh, that story also might well, have broken it, yes. the website. Yeah, we, we, we did make some tweaks behind the scenes. So when, oh, that's true. That's would true. break less often. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's uh, it's not a it's more more of our problem that the site broke of the yes. other stories. Yeah. Um, another one that was but not. Keep trying to break our site, folks. Please do. Another one that could u- that could have used more love was uh, A. Ray Pamatmat's speech. Who I don't. I was for it was for Actress Theater of Louisville. I think he gave it. Uh, 
Um, so read all the speeches. And that one is basically. already, <laughs> I don't think we called it a speech, but we called it like it's, he writes it as an essay. Um, that's one in which uh, is also hard to sum up, but it has to do with whether uh, education should replicate uh, the sort of injustices of, of white supremacy and patriarchy or educate people about them, about the realities of them. Uh, should you put people into situations in which they feel the brunt of that or you, you can't protect them from that but you need to educate them that that's the reality. Anyway, it's a wonderful speech. I shouldn't sum it up. Uh, that was especially good. Um, we had reports from Humana, from Carnival, the Theaters of Color gathering in June, uh, of course our TCG conference, the Shaw Festival and the Black Theater, some, some of the far-flung correspondents who, uh, who wrote about things. Um, you know, uh, let's see, I wanted to highlight among the deaths this year, Maria Irene Fornes led to some beautiful tributes. Neil Simon had some wonderful tributes around yes. the same time. Uh, and Tuzaki Shange had some wonderful tributes. Tulani Davis wrote one that was beautiful. I was especially moved to look back and remember that we got Tom Jones to write yes. the, uh, the memorial for Harvey Schmidt. These are the guys who wrote Fantastics. And that's like getting you know Richard Rogers to write about Oscar Hammerstein. It was just yes. wonderful, wonderful that we, uh, we, we asked him and he said yes. Um, Let's see, I don't know if there's, if I have any other things I wanted to highlight for the year. I mean, certainly Deep Your Peace, Kiss Me, My Fair Carousel Woman yes. oh, was, huh. was one of the one of the highlights of the year. Uh, my favorite Almost headline popular. of the year, too. Well, it was, well, <laughs> it's a good headline. Yes. Rob. Yeah, I, I don't write the headlines. Um, <laughs> That's all oh, yeah. There was another another wonderful op-ed from Maggie Rogers, I believe a Seattle-based actor. Oh, yeah. Yes. That was about embracing fatness on stage. Yeah, uh, the, the, yeah the need for... Uh, all sizes yes. in yes. casting. Mm -hmm. Size mm -hmm. inclusive, I guess we should Size call inclusive. It. Yeah. Uh, it was a wonderful One piece. One size fits all. Mm -hmm. I think all sizes fit all. Yeah, yeah. That's like, yes. I think that was a headline, was a which headline. is like not a good headline on um, Bob's part. So that was a wonderful piece, and I can't remember the name of the person wrote, who wrote a wonderful response to it, which didn't necessarily take take it down, but like complicated it. So it was just, you know. Wait, some, someone wrote a response to that? Well, it was, it, was a, was a, it was a comment, I believe, on the, on the post, and then we ran it as a letter. Oh. And it was wonderful. It was it was it was a, another oh, uh, self-identified fat actor who talked yes. about how c casting f uh, fat people, fat actors. That's, that's self-identified. I'm not just using that term uh, pejoratively. Uh, how casting them non-traditionally would would help change people's minds, but that you can't expect people to not see not see what they see it's 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 a it's a it's a conversation not unlike the conversation about mm -hmm. actors of color you do we see color of course we see color then what do you where what does that do right to our perceptions and identity so anyway great conversations that have been yeah the comments in that one were pretty decent they were great For yeah once. well we moderate them that's part <laughs> part hopefully that that leads to better comments um <laughs> was this the year that we added keep the drama on stage I, I don't know. You mean at, at the, our comment yeah. policy? Yeah, maybe so. I believe so. it was. Uh, we like a little drama, but not too much. I will say... Uh, like good drama, not bad drama. Yeah. We had... No uh, trolls. Yes. In, in print, we also started a new feature this year. I, I checked it was just this year, which I was happy with, which is our E&E Q&A. It's at the beginning of each each issue. That's entrances and exits. We, yeah, sorry. Entrances and exits and Q&A is question and answer. Yes. <laughs> Thank that, you. Uh, uh, and we, 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 we started off with, a, with Theater Britain, wonderful theater in Texas and uh, I think we probably knew that there was going to be a flood of of turnover in the in the field but we've had a, 
we've had an embarrassment of riches of people to talk to in that column of new new artistic leaders uh, coming in and and you know venerated ones going so that's a column worth watching um, and it's, it's going to be you know even more worth watching in the coming months and years as, as the turnover continues The first time we did this podcast, I was like, what did I see? Yeah, so then yeah. the last two years, I've started doing a spreadsheet, which I highly recommend you all doing. It's a good idea. Mm-hmm. So I, I do I a have, spreadsheet for token theater friends. So I don't have a spreadsheet. I have I just use my calendar, uh, my Google calendar to look back. And it's not very reliable because mm-hmm. it's got things on there I didn't end up seeing because I had to cancel. Nice. And it's got some things I did see I know are not on there just because I just, <laughs> I, I don't keep a very good calendar so well, I think this way I can keep track of how many too I think we're mm-hmm. back uh, this was not a not a big year for me seeing lots of shows but I did see a lot how many um, I don't even know maybe 50 yeah <laughs> amateur maybe maybe 60 <laughs> 60 shows I was really proud because this year I saw 62 which is 20 up from last year and I was I proudly shared that with deep and she was like ha I've seen more than 200 what a, more than <laughs> two more than 200 no 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 uh, my co-host of token theater friends Jose Solis has seen more than 200 I've only seen 110 well that still puts me to that's shame a, that's a lot of shows <laughs> a lot of shows do you do you have a count for you Russ or no I was not keeping count this year. There were, there were uh, external factors keeping me well, from attending the theater as often as I'd like. Yeah. Well, that that's my that's my main thing is is, is family as well. It's I don't just have hard family. For me to, hard for me people. to. Uh, You've got the theater family. Deep. Exactly. All these and people at this table. Yeah. Yeah. I like the cat better. Just kidding. So, Deep, why don't you tell us? Since you saw <laughs> since you saw the most, you get you get to say, what was your favorite? couple shows this I year I don't know I don't want to because we're talking about on token theater friends too so I don't know like how much I want to spoil but okay so we're doing five of our favorite shows I'm not gonna give on token theater friends okay yeah, well so give okay. us some of the leftovers <laughs> no, no no what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna say talk about two shows okay that are highlights but I'm, not, I'm, but I'm not gonna tell you if they were my number one because you should go over to yeah other definitely go to the that I do talk with your friends and hear what she has to say so yeah tell us uh allison would be happy one of them is oklahoma question mark daniel fish's experimental immersive production of oklahoma that ran in brooklyn and it and as of today will be opening on broadway in april at circle in the square so yes. if you have not seen sexy men sing <laughs> strumming guitars and singing the Oklahoma score, you can do that. And they're also wearing tight pants. It, it's lovely. <laughs> and there's cornbread. And the, yeah, yeah. The, the, and the, but they got fixed the chili. They give you free chili during intermission, and it was okay. I think they're gonna fix the Dream Ballet, for, frankly. But no. listen, I have thoughts on <laughs> the Dream Ballet. The vice of I Dream Ballet. <laughs> I love that. That would have been on my list, but I won't. I won't. Uh, I won't double up. Oh no, it's fine. And, yeah. and if anyone else wants to give Oklahoma love. Mm-hmm. So, is there another one on your list? Are you going to do your other one, or? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, the other one that I really loved this year was, uh, I guess, wrote a piece about it. Um, Dance Nation, uh, Claire Barron's show, which was at Playwrights Horizons, and it was an exploration of teenage girlhood 
starring girls of multiple ethnicities and their amateur and their amateur dancers talking about things that girls talk about. And it was one of the most realistic depictions of teenage girlhood that I had ever seen up until that point. But this year was a really good year in terms of portrayals of teenage girls on stage, actually. Yeah, I think so. someone wrote a piece about that. I yeah, I know, I right? Who wrote that piece? <laughs> <laughs> so you wrote you wrote one in the sort of spring-summer about that, or summer. Yeah. And then more recently about just the women of color on bro- off-Broadway. So like right, right. A good year for that, right? So a good our, our, year, Our work yeah. is done? No. But no. yes. No. We don't, need to, we don't need to count them anymore. The Killaroys doesn't need to advocate anymore. We're done. No. But fun fact, uh, the, this year's top 10 most produced plays list and top 20 most produced playwrights list, it's... We had more than 50% women yes. on both. So we are on, the American theater is on its way. I feel like the trend lines are in the right direction is what I would say. Mm-hmm. Long way to go. Um, Allison? Hmm, deep, you stole my Oklahoma and Dance Nation, so I'm going to yes. move right along the list here. That's why, that's why we're friends, Allison. <laughs> um, Angels really sticks out for me just because that was the first time I'd ever seen a production. So that was Angels, Angels in, in America. America. Angels in America. Mean, yes, yes. Angels um, in the Angels outfield. Angels for short. <laughs> Angels. Um, Angels in the American touched outfield. By, touched, by, touched by an angel. Yes. So Go that on. was kind of epic for me. Yeah. And in talking to other people who have seen multiple productions, this one seems to have held up pretty well and had. Um, so it was good. A good introduction to the play on stage. Uh, I'm also going to, maybe this is just because I just saw the show, but The Jungle, uh, which is currently at St. Anne's Warehouse in Brooklyn. It's by Joe Murphy and Joe Robertson, and it's about a group of refugees in Calais, France, who kind of set up this encampment where they all were living, um, awaiting entrance to the UK, and it's just about their, their time there, their experiences and their journeys getting there, and this community and society that they really built in this makeshift uh, town. Um, it was just really, really moving. It was in London last year. It was at the Young Vic and transferred to the West End, so I feel like it's going to have some legs here. I know it just got extended to January 27th, but it was one of the most exciting experiences I had this year. I was like right at the lip of the stage, I almost got hit a few times by the actors sliding around Ooh, on bicycles, danger. and I got some beer so spilled it's on me. Immersive Lots a little of bit, dirt. yeah, a little <laughs> yeah. immersive. Yeah. <laughs> that being said, it's fun to be in the splash yeah. zone. This is a good so. year for Santa Ana's Warehouse. Yeah, it seems like. I, yeah. Yes, for sure. Yeah, because one of the best shows I saw, which was not a theater show, was Rufus Wainwright, also at Santa Ana's Warehouse, doing play, uh, songs of Canadians. But I will not, I will not make that my official theater pick because it was not theater. Russ, I'm going to go to you now because I. I don't want to step on anyone's favorites. I think you might be listing. You've all listed ones that uh, I didn't see the jungle. I, the, but Dance Nation, Angels, and uh, Oklahoma would all be at the top of my list. I need a minute. Okay. Um, well, maybe I'll steal this one from you then, Russ, because uh, this is another another show of the year that's been extended in a new commercial run. I was going to say that one, yeah. Is What the Constitution Means to Me, Heidi Schreck's pl- uh, beautiful solo-ish it's more than a solo play but it feels like it's based on a solo play it's hard to describe except that it's you know uh, a simple idea based on her her uh, her own experience giving a speech what the Constitution means to me uh, but I can't think of anything any show I've seen that felt more in the moment and timely 
uh, and almost not improvised, but almost just like she's just talking to us. Uh, it's just it's a it's a beautiful piece. Uh, and Hillary Clinton loved it, so Hillary, she Hillary loves went it. to see it the night I was there. It was like, uh, uh, what's her name, Julia Jordan, uh, 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 Marsha Norman. It was like it was a bunch of gender parody folks. Uh, theater feminists. Theater feminists. <laughs> it was a wonderful night, and uh, yeah, it, and Gloria you know, Steinem. I will say it's also just a great piece of theater that you know it does feel like a speech or rally whatever but it's also really entertaining I, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, hesitate to send anyone to it even people who might not agree with its politics because it's just really makes you think and makes you you know feel uh, it's wonderful oh I will say also the play that totally blindsided me um, I'm, I'm a somewhat of a Kenneth Lonergan fan I'm not a super fan uh, but Waverly Gallery which is not a play that ever really given much time to or thought about that production that's on Broadway now really just wrecked me um, I'll probably tear up if I talk about it too much because it just really it wasn't just a portrayal of uh, just disintegration of an elderly person played by Elaine May and sort of an amazing career capping performance but just the rest of the family as well Joan Allen's performance as the mother in the middle uh, her, the daughter of the of the disintegrating elder and the young young man uh, yeah I will tear up if I talk about it anymore it's just uh, it's a it's a moving moving piece uh, you should try and see that if you can but the other ones everyone I've, I've just I agree with every what everyone said except I gonna have to, haven't seen the jungle so we're all on the same page no fights here this is why this is why this is not three on the aisle <laughs> yes <laughs> Russ yes so I took your I took one of yours there you took one of mine which is fine because I, I was in the process of, of checking on uh, another one okay. from my list All which right. um, was a, a show in Austin at the Vortex oh I disagree with that part. I disagree with that one no just yes. kidding yeah. <laughs> so tell us about that yeah that, that sounds cool so it, it was a, an immersive piece there was some narrative but it was more about just being on the campus of the Vortex which is a, a special place it 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 really captures some of the best of Austin theater in its in its offbeat environment yeah. and the butterfly bar is there and they have pasta there patrizis and it's just they they use the whole space to create this immersive environment and I used to live in Austin, and so going back and being there and experiencing the the whole property yeah. uh, get taken over for this uh, this very creative piece was quite a uh, quite a, a valuable time. So that uh, makes my list. And uh, as as Rob pointed out, I was going to say uh, Heidi Schreck's what the what's the what the Constitution means to me. And I was also going to mention Dance Nation. That's the, the plight of going last. Okay. Um, and I don't remember if you mentioned this detail deep that it was also kind of age blind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you did. Yeah. Great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I didn't mention it, but yes. Yes. I loved that it about is. it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Was, it, was it one character who was played by an older performer? Yes, but they were all actors of different ages. Yes. Right. Yes. And There's one who's like maybe 60, but the rest mm -hmm. were yeah. all kind of 30, 40, 20. There was right. all different mm -hmm. ages. They, I don't think there were any that were teenagers. but right. No, none of them were actual teenagers. Right, right. But that's yes. not a kind of casting blindness you often no. see. So it was, it was great that they were 
I don't know. I've seen plenty of theater performers play much younger. That's well, true. Well, that's true. <laughs> but but to do it in a deliberate way, yeah, right, like yeah. that was, and was I think, really artful. I think that that one, in that case was uh, it was not random or idle. It was had right. had to do with the themes and sort of a sense of it being sort of a. I think Claire has talked about how mm-hmm. it's like it's you're meta. imagining yes. their future selves. I mean, especially right. the older actor. I can't remember her name. Had a wonderful speech about f- remembering she could fly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that seemed pointed to to have that be right. Anyway, well, it helps. It helped all of us find the t- the inner teenage girl inside yeah. of us. Yeah, when there was and there was a yep. boy in the cast too. Which for a while mm-hmm. I yes. thought I for a while I thought he was cast gender blind, but no, yeah. he, was, he was a boy. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's fine. It's I mean, those dance troops always have one boy. Yes, yes. <laughs> I know. I was often that boy. My, 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 uh, well, that, I know. I love all of those. I think that you, you for all the, mentioned, except for Kenneth Lonergan, I have not seen Waverly Gallery, and he's not my cup of tea. So I, I you, respectfully disagree on that being on anyone's top two list, but that's fine. Well, until you see it, you you can't really. It's really good. And for my list, a bit of a repeat. I was going to throw in the People's Light, and Frank, as well. So I appreciate you, Austin and and Philadelphia, because realize Malvern, PA, Malvern, PA. <laughs> we actually do cover the whole country. We do, uh, as I hope our our. Our earlier conversation let you know we don't get to travel much or see much outside of the. You did go to Humana. I did, yeah. Uh, I'll give that a shout out to Vienna Nanko Winkler's um, God Said This, which was really great. I Humana will be coming to New York in January, primary stages. So oh, look good. Out for That's that. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was a highlight of regional theater going for me. Um, please write into comment to us about the. Th- the plays you like the best all over the country because we rely on our far-flung correspondents and on our readers to tip us off because we're all based here in the city of New York. Please write. Please comment. Let us know what's on your mind. Um, I think that sums up uh, our year as best we can. Uh, Thank you for all for doing this. uh, And uh, we'll see you on the aisle. Right? (laughs) 